a classic duel of the 1980s. Intro. You may remember that I have a soft spot for the Lancia Stratos HF, a specially designed car built with a single purpose, to win the WRC, World Rally Championship. The Stratos accomplished that task in 1974, 1975, and 1976. Afterward, Lancia was acquired by Fiat. Being now the owner of the company, Fiat decided to cut the financial support for the Stratos project. The Stratos was not designed to be sold to the public, it had been made for rallying, therefore its continuity did not fit within Fiat's commercial plans. The legendary Lancia Stratos H, with the iconic Alitalia color scheme. Following the win on Sunday, sell on Monday mantra, Fiat made its choice for the WRC Championship, a souped-up version of its 131 family four-door sedan. The 131's designer belonged to the four-year-old sketch of a car school of design, three boxes, one for the engine, one for the family, and one for their stuff. Ugly and square. The Fiat 131 Rally Abart, so boxy that I almost used a photo of a scale model. It was ugly as fudge. But the Fiat 131 Abart, as it became known, still managed to win the WRC in 1977, 1978, and 1980. As ugly as the 131 was, it was light and stable and, with the help of Fiat's motorsport tuning partner Abart, managed to deliver quite a punch for its size and looks. Fiat merged the motorsport team of Lancia, known as Scuderia Lancia, with its own racing team and made the 131 a sales hit until 1981. Audi, the German military, a failed project, and the Fiat rulebook. A couple of years before, an unknown German company called Audi, yes, most people did not know about Audi until the late 70s, had been experimenting with a four-wheel drive system for its use in a utility vehicle for the German military with the code name Iltis. The Iltis prototype utility vehicle was a utility vehicle ordered by the German military. The project failed, but the engineering work done for it probed that four-wheel drive cars were the best way to deliver massive amounts of power to the ground, especially when roads became slippery. Slippery roads and powerful cars are synonyms for rallying, and Audi decided to use its new, patented, performance-oriented Quattro four-wheel drive system as the basis for its attempt at winning the WRC. The only obstacle that was left was the FIA, Federation Internationale de l'Automobile, Book of Rules, which specifically forbid four-wheel drive. Audi lobbied against this rule, made it disappear in the next rulebook edition, and did not say a word about this topic for the next couple of years. The Debut of the Quattro Presentation of the Audi Quattro Turbo Sport Coupe at the Geneva Auto Show, 1980. In 1980 Audi released the Audi Quattro Turbo Sport Coupe at the Geneva Auto Show and announced its plans for entering in the WRC using a rally version of this car. The Audi Quattro rallying debut was in late 1981, for evaluation purposes. The next year, 1982 the Audi team obliterated every other competitor in the WRC, winning the manufacturer's trophy and the second and third place in the driver's trophy. The only rival for the Audi team was German rally expert driver Walter Rural, who had won the driver's trophy twice, in 1980 driving an Abart 131 and in 1982 using an Opel Ascana Coupe. An Audi Quattro jumping into success, 1982. Fiat decided that the fight was not worth the effort and withdrew the 131 from competition. Lancia's secret project. Lancia had been working undercover in a project called 037. It was a rally car based on the Lancia Monte Carlo Sports Coupe, a car that had been beautifully styled by the legendary Pininfarina Design Studio, which was behind the design of every Ferrari built since the 1950s. Lancia Monte Carlo, designed by Pininfarina. The Monte Carlo was a middle-engine, 
rear-wheel-drive beauty but, although it had been planned to use a 3.0-liter V6 engine, the ongoing oil crisis of the 70s forced Lancia to use a 2.0-liter 4-in-line, designed by a former Ferrari engineer named Lamperty. The Lamperty 4 could rev up to 6,000 revolutions per minute, but the 120 horsepower that it produced were not enough to equal the car's looks. A modified version of the Monte Carlo was sold in the USA for a couple of years in the middle 70s and suffered the indignities of having to use oversized plastic bumpers to comply with federal safety regulations, being powered by an EPA-compliant, detuned 1.8-liter 4-in-line engine, which managed to deliver just 80 horsepower, and finally being renamed as the Lancia Scorpion. Yuck! Lancia Scorpion, with US mandatory front and rear bumpers. The need is the mother of invention. Lancia was caught off guard as much as every other manufacturer that had teams in the WRC, their design team did not have neither the time nor the resources to design a four-wheel drive car. But Cesar Furio, Lancia's flamboyant motorsports team director, had a plan, to create the best handling and fastest rear-wheel-drive rally car ever designed, a worthy successor of the Stratos. Lancia, in collaboration with Abarth's design team chopped the front and the back of the car, leaving only the central section from the original body. Steel tube frames were soldered to the center body and new, Kevlar-made body panels were used for the bodywork, the fenders were made bulgier to accommodate wider tires, a huge rear spoiler was added for downforce purposes and the roof was slightly bubbled up to enable drivers to use crash helmets. Launch a Project 037 Prototype, 1980. Enter the Group B. A new top rally category was announced in 1980, it was the now infamous Group B. To obtain the homologation of a car in Group B, the FIA required the manufacturers to build 200 units of a street-legal version of the competition vehicle. And the rulebook was very liberal in reference to design limitations. Racing the Project 037 in Group B became the objective of Launch's HF Squadra course, the renamed Launcher Rally Team. Group B racing would require more power than what the Lamperty engine could deliver, so it was swapped by an improved version of the one used in the 131 Abarth a 2.0-liter 4-in-line with double-overhead cams and four valves per cylinder, which was mounted longitudinally to enable the use of a ZF transaxle. A mechanical supercharger was added to boost the low-end performance instead of a turbocharger. In those days turbos suffered heavily from lag and in rallying the low-end makes the difference. The middle-mounted engine of the 037. The Stradale and the Rally. Two versions were planned, the street-legal homologation model, called the 037 Stradale, with an engine tuned to produce 209 horsepower at 7,000 revolutions per minute and the 037 Rally version, with a 290 horsepower engine that redlined at 8,000 revolutions per minute. Lancia 037 Stradale, 1982. Those numbers look paltry nowadays, but the 037 was light, really light. It weighed just 960 kilograms. That low weight, combined with the Stradale engine, enabled the 037 to reach a top speed of over 220 kilometers per hour. 137 miles per hour, and go from 0 to 100 kilometers per hour in 5.8 seconds. Those are good numbers today, but in 1981 they were supercar territory. The rally version was faster, but the numbers varied depending upon the gearbox ratios used. Lancia 037 Rally, 1982. The debut of the 037. The Lancia Rally 037 made its debut in 1982's edition of the Rally Costa Esmeralda in Italy, showing potential WRC performance, but the two cars used in the race suffered from gearbox problems and were unable to reach the end line. Through all 1982, a variety of mechanical reliability issues plagued the cars, but eventually Marco Alen's 037 was able to win both the France and the Great Britain rallies. The Lancia team learned from its mistakes and got ready for the next year. 
The 1982 WRC season was thug for the 037. Then came the 1983 season, and this one is the stuff of legends. There are notable epic duels in motorsports history, like Ford vs. Ferrari, Porsche vs. Ferrari, McLaren vs. Ferrari, Mercedes vs. Auto Union, and in 1983 WRC season, Audi vs. Lancia. Audi's approach was, well, Germanic. They had plenty of financial support from Audi's parent company VW, the sophisticated Quattro Traction System, a team of some of the best rally drivers of those years and an immense level of technical support from Audi's engineering division. This was the favorite team, with an improved car, the new A1 version had increased its engine's output from 300 horsepower to 350 horsepower, an all-star driver's team that included Hanu Mikola, Michel Mouton, and Stig Blomkvist, among others. Two fundamentally different approaches to rallying. Lancia's HF Squadra course had one hidden card, Cesar Furio wanted Lancia's return to be right, he wanted the manufacturer's trophy. So, he soft-talked 1982's WRC season winner, Walter Rural, to leave Opel and join Lancia. Rural accepted with a few conditions, he would run only the events he wanted, he did not want to race on ice and on the Scandinavian bumpy roads, where cars spent half the time in the air. Cesar Furio knew that Lancia was the underdog in the season and decided that he would use every trick to increase their chances, including stretching the rulebook as much as possible without actually breaking any rule. Marku Alen was still in the team. And now they also had Rural, part-time. Monte Carlo. The season started with the Raleigh Automobile Monte Carlo, a race known for its ice-covered roads. Everybody thought that this was Audi's territory. But Cesar Fury showed his cunning attitude from the beginning. After checking the ice-covered initial stages of the road, he sent all the support team to buy every gram of salt available in Monte Carlo and the HF Squadra Corsa, aka Martini Racing Team, spend the day before the race spreading salt over the ice-covered tarmac. And, passing as innocent tourist, complained to the local transit authorities about the dangers that ice-covered roads presented to inexperienced tourists, thus making the authorities clean the roads of ice and snow. The Monte Carlo roads appeared devoid of ice. So, the morning of January 22, 1983, the Audis left the start line equipped with dirt and snow tires, which provide more grip in slippery roads but have more drag on tarmac. To the Audi sport team dismay, there was no ice on the roads. The slicks were waiting for the Lancias to arrive. The Lancias also started with dirt and snow tires, but at the first stop, the team changed to slick tires, which offered a huge advantage on dry tarmac. Audi presented a formal complaint, but the Fiat judges could not find any mention about tire type changes during a race. It just had never happened before. With slick tires, the 037S blasted through the mountainous roads of Monte Carlo and grabbed the first and second places for Rural and Marku Alen, respectively. The third place went to Blumquist in an A1 Quattro. Walter Rural and his navigator Christian Geistorfer, celebrating in Monte Carlo. Sweden. Michel Mouton and Fabricia Pons doing the Finland slide. Audi won the snow-covered international Swedish rally in February, a race that Lancia avoided since the rear-wheel-drive 037S did not have a chance against the Quattros. Mikola, Blomkvist and Lampi went to the podium. Portugal. Mikola's Audi blasting through the dirt and gravel roads of Portugal. In March, the dust-covered roads of the rally Portugal saw Audi getting the first and second place for Mikola and Mouton, Rural arrived third. Kenya. Mouton's Quattro stomping through the dirt roads of Kenya. The end of March was the turn of the safari rally held in Kenya, a car-crushing event that went for Arivadan and another Opel Ascana, second and third places went for Audi's drivers Mikola and Mouton. Corsica. Marku Alen's 037 sliding through the twisty roads of Corsica. 
early May brought the teams to the Tour de Course, in the French island of Corsica. The full tarmac-covered race was exactly the environment that Cesar Furio had in mind for the 037S, Alen, Rural and Vudafiri roam through the island's twisty roads and shared the podium. Greece. According to Walter Rural himself, this was the best driving performance of his life. Late May found the racers in the Acropolis Rally in Greece, a dirt road that looked tailor-made for the Quattros. But the heat and the harshness of the route proved to be too much for the Quattros gearboxes, which broke in all but in one of the Audis. Curiously, the Lancias were as fast as always, showing great endurance. Rural arrived first, Alain second, and Bloomquist was third. This was the first time when Walter Rural started to talk about his Zen-like experience while driving at high speeds. Everything was fluid, he said, the car felt like a part of myself, nobody could beat me. New Zealand. Blomkovis Quattro a two-gearbox would eventually break, like in all the other Quattros. June arrived with the New Zealand rally, which probed again that Audi had an issue with their gearboxes. Rural was first, Timo Salonen arrived second in a Nissan 240, and the third place went to Bettega in 037. You may wonder what was a Nissan in a WRC event? Nissans and most Japanese cars are quite popular in New Zealand, so the company fielded a rally version of the 240 RS. Salonen's second place became the first podium for Nissan. Another example of the four-year-old sketch of a car school of design. This one looked better but still boxy, including the fenders. Argentina. Mikel is demonstrating the Quattro a two improvements in Patagonia. August was the turn of the rally Argentina, a rough race plenty of dirt and gravel across the beautiful Patagonian forest and mountains. Audi got the four top places, Lanches Marcu Alain arrived fifth. Rural did not ran in this race. This race was notorious because Audi used the new A2 version of the Quattro. It now used a Bosch ECU, had a reduced displacement version of the Audi 5 in-line engine and a higher compression rate to compensate, making power reach 360 horsepower. Weight was extensively trimmed down to 1,100 kg, or about 50 kg less than the A1. This may not seem too much, but a smaller engine managed to avoid the Group B mandatory use of ballast weights in cars whose engines had a larger than 2.0-liter displacement. An A2 could go from 0 to 100 km per hour, 0 to 60 miles per hour, in 4.5 seconds. Finland. Mikola doing the Finland slide in Finland. By the end of August, Audi had won the rally Finland getting first and second places for Mikola and Bloomquist. Marku Alen's 037 was third. Controversy marred the results when info was released about Audi's team manager ordering Blomkovist to give the pole to Mikola, so he could assure the driver's championship for himself. Blomkovist had polled all the race but finished 21 seconds after Mikola. San Remo. Walter Rural's 037 featuring the Nye driving extra lights arrangement. And then came the legendary 1983 edition of the Rally San Remo, in Italy. Lancia needed to win this race, it was run in the place where Lancias were made. The public assistance was massive, due to the local support of Lancia and because if Lancia could get a couple of podiums, the manufacturer's trophy was in its hands, whatever the outcome of the remaining two races may be. Zen-like perfection. And in that race, Lancia achieved perfection. Both Rural and Alain run the race of their lives. Walter Rural described a Zen-like experience, saying that he felt that the car was an extension of his body. He felt that he could do everything right. Audi had a series of bad days, Bloomquist crashed and destroyed the front of his car, Mikola's Quattro suffered a fuel leak that caused a fire that eventually burned his Quattro completely. Michel Mouton managed to arrive fifth and the top four positions were occupied by 037S. Alain was first, Rural second and Bettega third.
037S also occupied the 4th and 6th places. Triumph. A Lancey 037 rally at its peak. The championship was in Launch's hands. Cesar Furio's cunning and trickery, combined with Rural and Allen's skilled driving and the speed and handling of the 037 had beaten the over-engineered Audi team. The Forsprung Durch technique, advantage through technology, motto used by Audi was cruel irony that year. Lancia drove the humiliation to the limit by not assisting to the last two races of the season, the Raleigh Côte d'Ivoire in October and the final date, the RAC rally in England. Coda. All the Lancias that won the WRC, a red Fulvia, a Stratos, a 037, and two generations of the Integrale. The Lancia Rally 037 was the last rear-wheel drive to win a WRC championship. For the 1984 season every team had developed a four-wheel drive car. Lancia tried to improve the 037 but rear-wheel drive cars were simply outclassed by the newer Group B vehicles. So, Lancia took a rest to develop what would be the maximum expression of the Group B spirit, the astounding Lancia Delta S4, which was introduced in 1985. A car so overwhelmingly powerful and fast that was more than what the best drivers could manage. But that is a different story. Writing this post brought to my mind the years of my youth. I started to learn English by myself to be able to read motorsports magazines that were available only in English. So, the first terms that I learned in my second language were related to cars. I knew how to spell terms like double overhead cam, driveshaft with rear transaxle and stainless steel tube frame cage before then the proper ways to ask for directions or how to order food in a restaurant. I learned about rallying just when the Group B appeared, and I became fascinated by both the homologation specials and the actual racing cars. I finally saw the Audi Quattro A1 that Stig Blomkovist drove in the 1983 Rally de Monte Carlo in a local auto show. The Audi Quattro A1 that Stig Blomkovist drove in the 1983 Rally de Monte Carlo. I never saw a 037, but I still have the hope. In any case, the early 80s were amazing years of innovation. And you could distinguish between the different cars. Nowadays, rally cars are in the same level of raw performance of the Group B cars, even better in some cases but they all look alike. Same thing happens with music, but perhaps I am simply getting old.